sucks, dude. But I'm telling you, it's jobs. We gotta get jobs. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the chicks. Who the fuck said that? Who's a slimy little communist shit twinkle so cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? Y'all gone. What's up, y'all? It is September 15th, 2015. This is episode 8 of the This Is Your Brain on Film podcast. What's happening, y'all? So, we actually have some things to talk about today. And that, in and of itself, is a miracle. I literally sat down in this chair to record a podcast, not having anything to talk about and searched the interwebs and found some stuff to discuss today. And I should have known there were things to talk about. There's always something to talk about. So we're going to get started here. How was your weekend? My weekend was pretty nice. Football's on. Football's back. So we watched a little bit of that this weekend. Green Bay, baby. Big win. Nice to start off 1-0. Could get smashed next week by Seattle because I fucking hate that team. But regardless, we're 1-0. We'll take it. So it's nice to have football back. Everyone getting injured on the first week. Bunch of nonsense like that. My gambling picks, as usual, are awful. I know nothing about anything when it comes to gambling. And uh, case in point, I'm going to talk about the most interesting thing I could possibly think of. Fantasy sports! Yeah. So, fantasy baseball. I know most people play fantasy football. I play baseball. I like baseball. Call me a dork. It's fine. So, the season's coming to an end. The regular season, as anybody who pays attention to sports might know. So, that means that the fantasy season's coming to an end. My fantasy season always comes to an end early because, God forbid, I make the fucking playoffs. However, this year, I had the team. I had it. I had the team. Crushing. Absolutely annihilating all year long. Up by 20 friggin' games as late as July. And guess where I wind up? One fucking game outside of the goddamn playoffs! Sorry, that was, uh... That was rude. Um, yeah, one game. I was up the top four teams, make the playoffs. I was in first place in July. As of September 14th, day one of the playoffs, I was in fifth place by one game. I really hate, hate, hate fantasy sports but the same weekend i collapse in baseball football kicks up one and oh one and oh in fantasy football so i don't know what to take of any of this i will probably wind up in first place in fantasy football only to have my dreams murdered later in the year but aside from that uh football is back it's nice to be interested again and watching actual football but I am going to miss the daily, uh, the daily grind of the, of the fantasy baseball season. It's fun. Gives me something to do at work when there's nothing else to do. Regardless. How is everyone? How are you? 
I'm great. Can you tell? I'm really wonderful. I recently found out I have a hip problem, so that's great. 34 years old, and I have a degenerative hip problem. I go to an orthopedic doctor, sends me for the MRI. I find out that my the head of my femur bone, which connects to my hip socket, I believe, is not rounded like everybody else listening to this thing. It is not rounded, and therefore, it is tearing away at cartilage inside my hip socket. Isn't that terrific? However, it did give me an excuse for why I never went pro. You know, pro ball, obviously, you know, would have done it. Now I know why. I have a degenerative hip issue that limits my range of motion with my left hip. So, that'll be, uh, that's my my footnote in my sports history. He could have gone places, but he's got a bad hip. Yeah, so I go back to the doctor for the uh, after I get the MRI, and the guy gives me a gives me a shot of cortisone, the needle the size of a tire iron. He jams into my hip, and uh, sends me packing, sends me on my way. He says, "Yeah, should be good in about three days." Well, it's been I don't know two and a half weeks, and I had the same amount of pain as I had before. And wouldn't you know, lucky me. The pain that I feel from this friggin' thing is when I sit. And I'm not talking about the process of me sitting. I'm talking about being seated. The state in which I am seated is painful. So, you know how a lot of people, they have pains and say like their knees, you know, ankles, feet, whatever, and the only joy they get is sitting down. Well, guess what? I don't get that joy. I get to sit down, and it's agony. It's painful. I'm actually sitting here right now in pain as we have this conversation, but you people mean that much to me, so I will soldier on. So that's my hip thing. I stopped going to that orthopedic. The guy uh, basically gave me the cortisone shot, said everything would be great, get some physical therapy. I go to their physical therapist. The guy bends and twists me and has me doing all kinds of stupid shit. And I'm all the while telling him that I'm in pain, and that the shot has done nothing for me. Do you think he cares? No, he doesn't really care. So, needless to say, I'm not going to that doctor anymore. Then I'm going to find a I'm going to a pain management specialist uh, next week. So let's hope he can manage my pain because I'm not managing my pain very well. So that's the thing. So you know, really just compiling shit, problems, pains, all kinds of nonsense. Um, God, I haven't watched a mo- I haven't watched a movie since the last time I was on this thing. I don't think I've watched a full movie at all. Uh, I'm in school right now. I'm taking a philosophy class, a feminist philosophy class for all you kids out there. Good times. It's actually an interesting class. It's fine because it's a, obviously a topic that comes up quite a bit if you pay attention to uh, certain online outlets. Um, we're watching. Uh, well, we're talking about Virginia Woolf. And so we're watching the hours in that movie. The uh, I think it's Stephen Daldry movie with um, Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore. Um, yep, eleven-time Oscar nominee, Meryl Streep. There we go. Uh, Allison Janney, uh, John C. Riley, Ed Harris, a bunch of other people. Wonderful, wonderful cast. Regardless. Uh, I'm only about 45 minutes into it. It seems pretty good so far. I can't quite gather what the all the tie-ins are going to be yet because we have reading we're supposed to do for this class, and of course I haven't done the reading. Uh, 
the, that old British speak. So the, the the concept of the movie is you've got the Nicole Kidman plays the Virginia Woolf character, and she's writing the book Mrs. Dalloway, which is a, a feminist uh, novel. But so you you're cutting between different time frames. You've got like the current uh, time, which is Meryl Streep is in Meryl Streep and Ed Harris and Allison Janney. You've got the 1950s. I think it's like 1951 or something like that. The setup. You got the housewife being played by Julianne Moore and her husband John C. Riley, and then, uh, like I said, Virginia Woolf writing her novel back in I don't remember. Is it the early 1900s, late 1800s? I, I, I can't remember the time frame. But she's writing this book, and it's I, I we tried. There's supposed to be an excerpt we're supposed to read for this class, and I can't do it. it I started reading it, and. The way, just the way they write, it's just, it's frustrating. It's almost like stream of consciousness. And I guess that's what she's kind of known for, which is fine. Because it just, I mean, I, I've, I've read, um, is it Emily Bronte? Is it Persuasion? She, she wrote Persuasion, amongst other books, whatever the case may be. She wrote, um, the way she wrote, which she would put exclamations in the middle of sentences, uh, like kind of interjecting her own, like, kind of emotion into the middle of a sentence. Like, the nerve, you know, in the middle of, you know, somebody saying something ridiculous. Well, Virginia Woolf seems to write in a similar way, where she would be explaining the a setting or or a person or something somebody said and interject something in the middle, and it's just it breaks up the way it flows. So it's not an easy read. So I started to read it last night, and I, I put it down after I'd say a few paragraphs, and just I guess I just wasn't in the mood for it. Maybe if I picked it back up, I'll check it out. So I don't have any basis for what the hell the movie's supposed to be about. So, but it's supposed to be about her writing the thing. I'm not. Sh- I, I'm sure that the the themes, the feminist themes, are in there because you've got the the housewife. It seems to be a lot of repression, repressed women. Uh, seems to be the theme of it all. So, um, I imagine we'll get to the point of that uh, later on. So, we've been watching that in my in my class. Um, uh, what should we talk about next? Been watching some trailers. There's been a bunch of trailers, and that's always freaking exciting. Um, the Jungle Book trailer premiered. I, I think I don't know if it premiered today or maybe it's probably at TIFF. Uh, I'd probably spend the next portion of this uh, podcast talking about uh, what's going on at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, we got uh, that that Jungle Book trailer hit, and it looks awesome. That's directed by John Favreau, and it's supposed to, all the you got Scarlett Johansson as the voice of uh, is it Khan? What is it? What is the name of that snake? It's the snake in the character. It's not Shere Khan because that's the tiger, and that's that's being voiced by uh, Idris Elba, and I can't wait to hear that voice. God forbid we got that. The Jungle Book. Let's see, what is the name of that snake? It is Ka. I was right. I was I was on the right point, I should say. Yeah, Idris Elba playing Shere Khan. Bill Murray playing Baloo. Should be some good stuff. Uh, but the, the trailer looks pretty cool. It looks visually pretty stunning. I'm not sure what the story, you know, is going to be anything wonderful. But the uh, the visuals look pretty amazing. And he said in interviews that they were using uh, technology that... I believed outdated it was even far beyond what they were doing in avatar which I, I mean i could give a shit about the technology they used to show something except unless it adds to it i guess if you're going to create a, a world of wonder uh in terms of uh like a cartoon world that they had in uh the jungle book cartoon movie then it's uh it's nice to have that sort of thing and you know the the visuals in avatar were 
fine and dandy. I, I could care less about the movie as long as the the, the story was shit, absolute garbage. But the um, the visuals were impressive. But I, you're you're gonna lose me. Like I don't give a rip if it, the movie looks good if it's a boring story or if it's a story we know or if it just is unoriginal. I don't care what it looks like. But hey, that movie made what sixteen billion dollars. I don't know. So what the hell do I know? So, but the Jungle Book looks like it's good, and it's Favreau. He's a little bit more. Uh, I think he's better than uh, Cameron in terms of an actual uh, complex storytelling. So let's hope. Uh, have, let's have high hopes for that one. Uh, the Michael Do- Doherty. I'm telling you, I will never get that name right. Uh, I talked about him in the last podcast. He directed Trick or Treat, uh, but he's got a a nice holiday horror movie, uh, Krampus or Krampus, coming out, which is a like a German mythological uh, anti-Santa Claus. And it's a horror movie, and it looks freaking great. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna link... I'll probably link... I'll definitely going to link the Krampus trailer. Uh, I may link the, the Jungle Book trailer uh, in the, um, the description of this pod uh, when, I get, when I get done doing all this ridiculous talking and bullshit, um, talking to myself, most likely to myself. Um, so, yeah. But I definitely recommend you checking that out. It looks friggin' terrific. Can't wait to see that one. It comes out in December, so it's going to be awesome. Um, other than that, we got some TIFF movies. We got some, obviously, I am not at TIFF, but I know there are people that are at TIFF. Where, where's my thing? Oh, yeah. So if you've been watching any kind of TV, there is a uh, shit ton of trailers for Black Mass, which is the uh, Whitey Bulger. Bulger? Bulger? Bulger, sure. Uh, movie starring Johnny Depp, which he looks really weird. I think the I don't know I don't know if it's necessary always to make the an actor look like the character that he's playing. Like, is it necessary? Does anybody know what Whitey Bulger really looks like? I mean, does ninety percent of the audience know what Whitey Bulger looks like? So does it matter that Johnny Depp has to look like him? It looks like Johnny Depp dressed up as Whitey Bulger to me. So I don't know. Would it if it was an unknown? I guess. It would make sense because fine, you can you know disguise the you know the person and you know they're not a known face as it is. But everyone knows Johnny Depp's face at this point, so I'm not sure what the purpose is of doing that. Except, I mean, I I guess authenticity. I get it, and maybe it's good for the actor. It's probably the actor would spout off some pretentious nonsense about you know living in the character's skin or some bullshit. So that movie has been crammed down our throats and it looks he looks like he's good he looks like he's chewing up a shitload of scenery it looks like something uh al pacino would have played about 20 years ago uh regardless we got johnny depp doing it now and i think it's getting pretty decent i'm on joe blow right now which is you know i'm not sure that's an actual uh the best site for movie reviews but hey uh they gave it a nine out of ten which is pretty high i'd say uh, but some of the other ones coming out, I keep hearing about Legend. That's the Tom Hardy movie where he plays two characters. Uh, he plays uh, brothers. I think the Cray twins, I think, is the name of the guys. Um, and it was not getting very good reviews. From what I heard, it was only kind of decent, subpar. Uh, they Joe Blow gave it a 7 out of 10. I'm not sure about that. But the other one that, uh, if you've been watching TV uh, and seeing trailers for, it's been The Martian. Uh, it's the uh, Matt Damon one that's based on a novel. I cannot think of... I don't know who wrote that novel. I forget. But it's uh, it looks pretty good, actually. From what I've heard, it's the anti-Interstellar. But it, I, I, I actually hadn't even thought of it, and I'm sure everybody else in this world thought of it, which is would put me in a very low percentage of people. Uh, but my girlfriend pointed out the 
the connection of the Matt Damon character in The Martian possibly being a prequel to his character in Interstellar because obviously he is stranded on a planet trying to uh, see if life is possible on that planet, trying to grow things and such and see if it's uh, a viable option uh, once we have to leave Earth. And here in this one, he is stranded on Mars. and But this is more of a they don't know he's there uh, and he's got to basically do this stuff just to survive. So that's uh, that looks pretty interesting. That's coming out, I think, in November, it looks like. Uh, pretty pumped about that one. I'll check that out. And that got... They gave it an 8. I think it's getting pretty decent reviews coming out of TIFF. Uh, the other one I've been seeing a ton of uh, reviews about is the, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Visit. I generally don't care about his movies. I know there's like there's always this air of excitement or at least uh, intrigue around his movies. And again, so you got this another movie where it's supposed to be kind of unsettling and a little creepy, and I don't know if it's horror related whatsoever, but it uh, it's got another twist at the end. Supposedly, it's got an ingenious twist, which I I, I don't know is is that not a played out thing at this point? The twist has to be a twist ending it just seems so i don't know it seems like it got used enough used up enough in the 90s in the late 90s early 2000s and let's just tell a good story we don't need to have a twist i mean if it's if it generally serves the plot then fine i'm okay with it and i'm sure m night Shyamalan really is looking for my uh, approval uh for his twist endings but like i didn't care for unbreakable i don't know it just seemed like that that twist was like okay but like just like a whole movie of like not telling you what the hell the movie is going to be. It's almost like they want you to watch it twice. Like you have to watch that movie twice. Like I got it in Shutter Island. I was okay with that one because that really is two different movies once you see it the first time and then watch it through again. It's it's great because it works both times. But like I don't know. I guess The Sixth Sense was good. It was good for it. That's it was a good twist. I'm okay with that one. Unbreakable seemed kind of ridiculous. I, I didn't I didn't need that one. Uh, you could have told me what the point of that was, or at least the, what the the reveal was early in that movie, and it it might have made it a better movie. I think you could have taken it and taken the story to a different place if you reveal that earlier in the movie. Obviously, in the Sixth Sense, it's I, I think it probably is better served. There's, there's a there's a place for these reveals. Like he just likes to take a story where it has an element where like the audience needs to know information. And it's like he's holding it in his back pocket until he wants to unleash it on you at the best moment. And I don't know if he always chooses the best moment. Like, The Sixth Sense he did. Unbreakable he didn't. And I think I tuned out at that point. I, I'd had enough of, of Shyamalan because I, I didn't like his just the way he shot movies. I don't know. I might give The Visit a chance, but um, I, I could care less usually about his movies coming out because, I mean, from what I hear, a lot of his recent shit has been terrible. Uh, so what else we got coming out here, uh, TIFF-wise? So we got The Green Room. That's Eli Roth's new movie. It's supposed to be about cannibals. That should be fun. Um, the Danish Girl, I guess, premiered there. I wasn't aware that that actually came out yet. Um, that's good, supposed to be. That's the new Eddie Redmayne movie where he plays a, uh, a transgender. So that could be something worth... I'm, that one, actually, what am I talking about? That's the Tom Hooper movie. That's going to be Oscar bait, no doubt about it. Which you know, don't even get me started about the King's Speech. A fine movie, but not uh, not best picture. Uh, Spotlight, which is uh, 
the new Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams movie. That one, uh, that one they gave a 10 on Joe Blow. Hmm. Who directs that one? I have not heard about that one. Uh, so it's a story about the Boston Globe. Uh, that could be good. I, actually, I have heard about that. That's about the uh, Catholic Church sex abuse scandal. Uh, so that could be good. Uh, Thomas McCarthy's Spotlight. So that's that's who directed that one. So that's supposed to be good. The cast alone is enough to say. It looks like... Uh, is that... Well, we've got Liv Schreiber in there, too. Is that McGinley? Stanley Tucci's in there. How's the cast for this movie? Give me the cast. Where where'd we go here? Staring at the posters. More information on the friggin' poster than there is. John Slattery. That's who the other one is. I don't look like John C. McGinley. I'm nuts. Uh, regardless of that, they gave a 10 out of 10. That's supposed to be good. I'm interested in that. So that'll be... That could be good Oscar bait. If it comes out at the right time. It's supposed to be out in November. So I'm all about that. Um... Where was the other one I was just looking? Okay, so the one that I've been hearing the most about, or not the most about, but has been getting the best reviews is uh, Sicario. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Not 100% sure on that one. That's uh, the uh, Denis Villeneuve movie. I, I'm not sure how that uh, is pronounced, but he did, don't tell me, Prisoners. That was his other one. He did Prisoners and he did Enemy. I didn't see Enemy. Prisoners was, was good. Uh, I enjoyed that. It definitely had its ups and downs, but um, it was pretty good. Roger Deakins is on the uh, is the DP on this one, so you know it's going to look amazing. Uh, regardless, the stars uh, Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, and um, Benicio Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. Um, Benicio del Toro, which is um, it's a pretty solid cast. I'm okay with this. Uh, but it's supposed to be about the drug war, so I wonder if it's got it's a little bit trafficy. Someone I see a uh, comparison to Heat in there, which is never a bad thing. Uh, so yeah, that one has been getting rave reviews all across the board. It got a ten out of ten here on Joe Blow. Uh, I know the former uh, head of Ropa Silicon said that was the best movie he's seen at Toronto, and I do miss you, Brad. Sad to see that website go. Anybody who who is I don't know if you if you pay attention to the some of the movie websites online, but uh, that really was one of the better ones. Uh, Ropasilicon.com and sadly has been shut down. So we lost the Dissolve and Ropasilicon in a span of about two months, or not even two months, probably a month. I don't know the Dissolve. Well, maybe two months. I don't know. Uh, I've, I'm horrible with time. I Lord knows what the hell. I don't even know what year it is. But uh, yeah, so we lost both of those in the span of probably about a month, month and a half. And that is sad. I don't know if that means that there's just too many of these websites out there, that there's no money to be made, if it's just, if it's too much. But it's, uh, it's sad. But he likes Sicario. And I have generally, uh, generally agreed with his reviews. So I'm looking forward to that one, just for that reason alone. Uh, that looks like, uh, I've been hearing a little bit about High Rise. I don't really know what that one's about. Um, what do we got here? Tom Hiddleston, that's always a good thing. What's the plot? A young doctor moves into a sprawling high-rise which operates under a rigid social hierarchy with the top floors being home to the elite while lower floors house the working class. Interesting. All right, so you, you sounds like they're working on a metaphorical uh, concept there where you've got levels of a, of a high-rise with uh, that literally have 
upper class and lower class in the upper part of the building and the lower part of the building. Interesting. All right. I'll go with it. But it, uh, they gave it a good review. It looks like they gave it an eight. Uh, they gave it an eight? Or did they not rate it? What's happening here? Yeah, they gave it an eight. Okay. All right. I'll go with it. Uh, so yeah, so that one's another one. So it sounds like we got some pretty solid ones coming out of TIFF this year, which is always nice. So yeah, but I think the, the number one thing that uh, I've been reading about coming out of TIFF is uh, the trailer for this movie, Hardcore, uh, starring Charlotte Copley. And it's, uh, does it have a director on here? I mean, why would it? God forbid. Let's look it up. And there's nothing more frightening than Googling hardcore movie because that's not something you really want to be Googling. Um, oh, yeah, I can't pronounce that. Ilya Neshuler? I'm going to go with it. Let's read the summary for you here. Henry, a newly resurrected cyborg who must save his wife slash creator from the clutches of a psychotic tyrant with telekinetic powers and his army of mercenaries. That's probably it. Regardless, so it the movie, the, the trailer makes it look fucking bug nuts uh, in the terms of just the way it's shot. It's a first person movie and it seems to be playing obviously on the first person game first person gamer kind of thing you got the you know the gun in front of the camera kind of thing i just mind that for anybody who's like looking for some visuals here just mind a gun like in front of the camera at that weird angle that they always have a gun at in front of the camera as if that's normal but that's coming out when the hell is that coming? Well, it came out in russia already this year hmm so yeah that uh so that concept i mean it looks like it could be pretty good I, th- I think the issue, with, well, I mean, obviously video games are seeping in more and more into these, uh, into movies to the point where like, I think video games might be the next, uh, the next big thing where you're going to have choose your own, uh, what the hell are those things called? Choose your own, I mean, choose your own story, choose your own path. What the hell was the name of that thing? There's like a, it's like a genre of that sort of thing. Choose your own path whatever the hell it is where you're like you actually are in control of where the story goes like they've got multiple things mapped out and depending on which way you choose you get different outcomes regardless i could see that being something that becomes uh more of an interactive way of uh movie going probably in the future I, I mean, it's gonna have to be and people sitting in theaters not interacting with things because god forbid you have to put your phone down and not interact with something and just absorb what you're watching uh seems to be it's gonna have to go that way because nobody can handle it just sitting in a theater they're gonna have to be interacting with it and i guess that's maybe that's maybe the only way to get people to go to theaters again i don't know the hell do i know about anything regardless so it's uh that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of an interesting thing to watch i think i guess just just the trailer came out for that at tiff because i don't think the movie actually is premiered it says 2015 i don't know when it's coming out here in the uh, in the states, let's see if we've got like uh, no release date. Give me the release date. Give me it. it says February twelfth, two thousand fifteen, in Russia. That's all we got. All right, so we're not gonna get. I don't know. 
it looks kind of interesting. I, I think the problem you're going to wind up with something like this, or at least the hope I'm going to have, is that the character itself is interesting. I mean, we're not going to see the the first person. Like, you don't see them, because obviously that's not how these things are shot. So it's going to be... The person's going to have to be interesting in the way they interact with people and the way they move throughout the environment that you're watching, I guess. Because, like... You can watch these games, like, you know, you got, like, Doom and Gamer and that sort of thing. And was the character, like, all that supremely interesting? Like, in Gamer, you had the Gerard Butler character, and he's being controlled by somebody, so you actually had a video game. You had the interaction within the movie. Um, but he's he's trying to find his wife. He's trying to get his wife out of this this virtual reality world where she works and lives and blah, blah, blah. You know that's an age-old story, and it's it's not that particularly that interesting. It's like okay, yeah, you know that's you just basically put an old trope inside of a gamer movie, which is you know it is what it is. Uh, I we've dissected that class in a, in a film criticism class I took, so uh, my pinky's in the air right now for all you people who haven't taken a film criticism class. That's right, we dissect movies. That's what we do. Um, but the character wasn't particularly interesting. So you're going to get this movie where you're going to have literally only first person. You're only going to have like his hands and his whatever in front of him. That's all you're going to see. You're not going to have any facial expressions. You're not going to like experience any emotions, at least from what you can see from the trailer. It looks like that's all it is. So it's like a GoPro movie, I guess. It's the first GoPro movie. Great. It's um, unless it's an interesting character, then I don't see how the movie can be good except for an exhilarating, you know, tale of, or at least exhilarating viscerally where you're, you're watching and experiencing this person going through things. But unless you give a shit about the character who's doing it, then you're going to lose something. So I guess the hope has to be that it's going to be kind of cool and that it looks cool and you've got an actual character because it seems the trailer plays up the action and the insanity of what you're going to be seeing. So I, I have doubts about what it's going to actually show us, but hey, I'm cool with it. Hopefully the trailer isn't just uh, lip service for a movie that uh, is going to suck totally because I think if, if you're going to, well, I'm not sure I want to see more movies like this, but if for anybody who wants to see more interactive looking movies, you got to have to hope that this thing works and movies like this start to work because the first attempts at them have been pretty shitty. And... I also wonder how much of that is going to come into play when Steven Spielberg actually does his Ready Player One. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of reading the book right now. I'm halfway through it, and it's pretty cool uh, so far. And it's similar to Gamer and that there's this virtual reality world where uh, people are trying to find this, uh, this egg left behind by the creator of this world who died and is made this contest up where if you can find out the place where he stashed this egg within his virtual reality world, you get his fortune, which is hundreds of billions of dollars. So, but it's Steven Spielberg. I, I highly doubt he's going to go the first person route, even though the movie seems to be, or at least the, the story seems to be told where it could be from first person uh, perspective, you know, wandering through this virtual reality world. So it could be that kind of tale, but I think with Spielberg at the helm, it probably isn't going to take the same kind of tone that Hardcore is. Regardless, I'm interested to see where he's going to go with that one. Um, 
half like I said, halfway through the book, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's a pretty easy read, so we'll see. Hopefully that gets through, uh, and kind of becomes probably what video game people want a video game movie to be. Even though it's not based on a video game, it's based on a book about video games. So that is the thing. Uh, where are we going to go from there? So I think probably the last thing I want to talk about is this really, really cool movie mashup that I saw today while I was glancing around Facebook. So the thing is called Hell's Club. And it's created by, it looks like, AMDS Films which is Antonio Maria da Silva, who is an editor, I believe. And he edited all these scenes together from different, uh, like, club scenes, uh, like disco scenes, like where you've got, like, you know, the, the red lights and, you know, all these uh, fake, like, club lights, you know, uh, dashing around. It's nine minutes and 40 seconds long, but it's awesome. It's absolutely riveting, and it's it, like, puts everything together seamlessly. You've got this world where all these characters from these different movies, and they're all pretty much iconic characters. I mean, you got Blade and the Terminator, Tony Montana. You got um, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan. You know, take that for what it is. You got John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. Uh, Just a whole bunch of cool characters. And man, this is why editing is so fascinating because he seamlessly put all these shots together and they work. You literally have scenes of Tom Cruise from Collateral looking at Tom Cruise from Cocktail. Like, not, like, in the same frame, but, like, their eye lines match up. Like, it's perfect. I, I can't imagine the amount of time it must have taken to find the exact moments of these characters to actually, like, line up the eye lines. And there's a ton of scenes that look like that. You say there's a ton of moments and characters where, like... And you've also got the uh, Al Pacino character from Carlito's Way staring at the Al Pacino character from Scarface. Uh, it's, and again, the eyes match up. Like It's just cool. It's, like, it's really well done. It's riveting to watch. And uh, so you got some really cool, like there's some sexual tension in there. You got some, like you got this uh, violent outburst towards the end because you got the Terminator comes in. Strangely, you have like Pinhead in there uh, laughing at the whole scenario. It's pretty great. So that's worth watching. I'm also going to link that in my uh, in the description of this. Uh, I'm going to put the hardcore uh, description in there, too, uh, or the hardcore uh, link to that uh, trailer. And I recommend everybody check that out because it looks cool. So hopefully. But yeah, this movie mashup is really, really awesome. So I recommend. I know it's 10 minutes long, but it believe me, it doesn't feel like it. I, when I, Once I realized it got towards the end of the thing, it was like eight minutes in. So it's really worth checking out. It's super cool. And I recommend it to everybody who listens to this, and that's probably me and myself, so I'll probably watch it again just because I listen to myself. So that's really it for today. I'm hoping to watch something uh, in the next week. I mean, besides finishing the hours, uh, it'd be nice to actually see a movie, uh, watch maybe a movie at home that I haven't watched. I got a few movies from Netflix right now, but nothing. I got Wild Tales from this past year, and I got Kramer vs. Kramer, and I don't remember what the hell the other one is. But I'm going to have to start getting some horror movies, I guess, because that season's coming up. But regardless, uh, I'm hoping to have some kind of review or something to talk about or write about up pretty soon. Otherwise, I'll be just talking to myself about nothing. But regardless, I say that a lot. Regardless is my catchphrase. That's what it's going to be. This is your brain on film. Regardless. Well, that pretty much does it for this week. 
if I come up with anything for ne- for later in the week or next week, I'll come back on and talk to you people. Uh, I'll find a song to put at the end of this thing. Again, I, I haven't been playing these things out very well because I've been assuming there's nothing to talk about. So I'll put a song at the end. I don't know what the hell it's going to be. It could be anything. I uh, hope everyone has a nice week. If you actually listen to this and enjoy it, uh, share it, like it, comment, give me something. Let me know you're listening because as of right now, I don't know anybody's listening. So let me know what's going on. All right, y'all. See you next time. Shake her in